0: Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast, where we take chat, we take humour, we take good times and we put them in the Pestle and Mortar and we crush them into a podcast paste. Hello James. I'm the Pestle and Ed's the Mortar. Pestle and Mortar are two new nicknames.
3: Yep, not really puns that we can do on our names to do with Pestle and
0: Mortar, really. No, I don't think so. So just call ourselves Pestle and Mortar and mortar. Pure and simple. Simple and plain. Also, two more sets of great nicknames. Yeah. Pure and simple and simple and plain. <laughs> well, yeah, with that one, though, who's who? With those ones. <laughs> but is simple the same in both of them? Yes, I guess so. OK.
3: <sighs> I guess I'll take simple. Well, you're a gentleman, but I think anyone listening to this podcast will probably put you as pure and plain.
0: Yeah, but then plain. I'd rather be simple twice than pure and plain. But you've got, you've got a joke about how... Your face just looks
3: like the default face yeah. on the computer game before yeah, you trace it. Yeah, that's
0: true. Maybe I'll take pure and plain then, and you can be double simple. Yeah, I'm double simple. Simple squared and P and P. Welcome to yeah. the
3: show. <laughs> welcome, welcome along. This is the off menu podcast with uh, Simple Squared and P and P, and we <laughs> invite a, a guest into our dream restaurant, and we ask them their favourite ever starter, main course, dessert, side dish, and drink—not in that order. And this week's guest is. Chaparack
0: Chaparack Corsandi. Sandy. Chaparack Corsandi Shaparak Sandy. a wonderful stand-up and author and many, many other things She's great, James She's done so much stuff,
3: fantastic comedian uh, We recorded this episode quite a while ago, actually A while back And so in the episode, it might be confusing because we're calling Shaparak Shappy for the whole thing At the time, that was what Shaparak went by Things have changed We've recorded uh, an intro that makes sense now, but, you know Don't listen to the episode and then go, what, they switched the guest on us? (laughs) They've lost their minds.
0: Yeah. No, we simply uh, record, retroactively recording an intro and outro to make sure we get Shaperak's name correct. And don't go thinking, oh, that means that when they do a secret
3: ingredient, because all of you like, know, you listen to the podcast and you know that we always say a secret ingredient in the first part of the podcast, this little intro, and we say if they pick the secret ingredient, then they get kicked out of the dream restaurant. And some of you are thinking now, what? they're recording this intro after they've recorded the main episode. So clearly they pick the secret ingredient afterwards so that they don't have to kick someone out and they think it's one big conspiracy and that Jade Adams no, was just someone no. that we just didn't take to very well and decided to kick her out for no reason because <laughs> we didn't like her. And like that is, not, that is not the case. We genuinely choose the secret ingredient ahead of time. We knew going into this episode
0: that the secret ingredient was bergamot. We already knew that. We're not making it up now. There is no way we could come up with that and... Fake a secret ingredient and act like we would not picked it beforehand. We can't act, James. We can't act. If we were actors... Sorry, sorry. I forgot. I'm talking to a footman from the Cinderella musical. Listen, not just a footman, also a mouse. I I, I had to play a mouse in the first Spoiler warning!
3: I play a mouse, spoiler alert, I play a mouse and then I turn into a footman. So I had to play two roles in Uh... that. I had to play a mouse and then I had to play a footman
0: who used to be a mouse. So, like, that's, that's a range. That's full range acting there. So, did you get the part based on the mouse or the footman? When you went into the audition, yes. were, you a, were you a mouse or were you a man? Good question, Ed.
3: Uh, the answer, simple and plain, is I didn't have to audition because I replaced somebody who dropped out at the very last minute. Right. That's how you get round that. Yeah. Is that someone drops out at the very last minute, and then they quickly rush around going, who can we replace them with? Yeah. And all you got to do is be available, be affordable, and be A-caster. The three A's.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think the last one's quite important. Yeah. Because I'm the I'm two A's. Yep. Yeah. But then also I'm G. I'm ag. And then you're, you're Gamble. Yeah. And no one's going to
3: get someone called Gamble as their last minute replacement. No way. Because it just seems like tempting fate, right? They need a dead cert or an A-caster. They a dead cert get me in and they know he can play a mouse and he can play a footman so in answer to the question are you a man or a mouse your answer is both is yeah depends what time you catch me at sometimes i'm a mouse and sometimes i turn into a footman and then i change back into a mouse
0: again spoiler alert again <laughs> so let's hear the off menu menu of chaparra Sandy. Welcome, Shappy, to the Dream Restaurant.
4: Hello, I'm very excited to be here. I've washed my hands and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Shappy Corsadi, to the
3: Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time.
4: Well, I've been sat here for ages. The waiters just seem very, very busy, and I didn't want to intrude on their thoughts. No this worries.
0: This is nice. This is the first time someone has been in the waiting area of the Dream Restaurant while we served other guests, uh, and we've we've noticed you, you've been sat there. We sent out a little bowl of nibbles just to keep you busy.
4: I know, but you mustn't let the nibbles fill me up, though. You have to feed me proper food soon, otherwise it will go to waste, and that's a crime.
3: Favourite type of nibbles?
4: Favourite types of nibble? Oh, well, crisps, I guess, are good nibbles, and I love good bread and butter. I could eat a whole meal just bread and butter and maybe some feta cheese and a mound of herbs um, <laughs> that you put in it. Uh, and a a radish like like thinly sliced radish with Middle Eastern sort of bread I mean I would nibble that but then I wouldn't be able to eat my food or I would eat my food but then I'd hate
0: myself there is a bread you know a potential bread option coming up so here at the dream restaurant we wouldn't send out bread in the waiting room it would have to be some other sort of nibble perhaps a bowl of crisps just so you can graze
4: in that case, what I would Uh-oh. really love as a nibble is um, what are they called? endame beans with loads of salt. Edamame. Yes, edamame beans because they're just sort of soggy vegetable with tons of salt. So it's delicious.
0: Yes, yeah, quite. That's the salt is the bit I enjoy there. Quite often, I feel like I just want to suck the pods dry of all the salt and leave the beans in there. I don't even want to bust into the beans, really.
4: There's no point to them. Sometimes I buy um, broad beans in their shells, boil them, put a load of salt on them, and just suck on them while I watch telly. So So I just, it, it just seems more civilised than directly pouring salt onto my tongue.
0: I knew there was a reason you hadn't done Celebrity Gogglebox. box. Yeah, go to a lady yeah. sucking a broad yeah. bean again. They filmed it all, didn't they? And they were like, we can't put this out. She's sucking on a broad bean.
4: I was disappointed. I still got paid, though. They just said it might put people off their, not just their food, but their life.
3: Do you want to do that in the waiting area?
4: Yeah, I'll suck some salt. Thank yeah.
3: you. Have you ever waited so long at a restaurant that you've just gone forget it and then just left good question
4: yeah i've had to i was with some friends and children and when children get over hungry they become like chimpanzees that are very (laughs) angry and i had ordered a lovely takeaway from my favorite takeaway place but it never arrived so we went to my favorite restaurant down the road which is like indian bangladeshi and it was a saturday night and you know when you go to a restaurant a lot and they know you and you're really friendly with them. When they're busy, it's you that they'll neglect because they know that you're all right, you're yeah. a mate. And so we sat there for like 40 minutes, an hour. The kids were like chewing on the tablecloth. And in the end, I went up really apologetic. I was, I was nearly crying from hunger myself because I am not good with hunger. I was like almost crying, just going, he hasn't even bought his nibbles. He could have bought his nibbles and then we ended up going home and making sandwiches and then the restaurant that um never bought the takeaway I called them up and I said guys what happened and they said so sorry because they know me as well because I always order they said we had an <laughs> this isn't funny but they had an immigration raid and they <laughs> said they couldn't
3: when you say it's not funny you're laughing your head
4: <laughs> well no one was taken in, they were fine. It was no one, no one suffered, which was why it was funny. And I then afterwards I thought, did they really have an immigration raid, or was it a very busy Saturday and decided that was the only excuse a regular would accept? Yeah,
0: but they <laughs> yeah. can only use that once, right? They're not going to be able exactly. to use the immigration raid excuse again. I uh, see. I was going to ask if it felt empowering
3: to walk away because I quite like sometimes going, No, do you know what? I'm not going to eat here. And I leave because I don't like how I've been treated. But that sounds like it was quite upsetting for you. It well, was it wasn't upsetting. Very empowering because it was like a close friend.
4: I have been empowered by that. I was once at the Melbourne Comedy Festival in an outdoor pizzeria with my then husband, and we waited over forty-five minutes for pizzas. And when they arrived, they were burnt.
1: Oh. And
4: I said, "We are not eating these. We are going to proudly walk away." and he's a lot more sort of very sort of British about things. He was like, well, no, well, at least we should explain to them. He like, no, we're going to walk away. And we walked away and I've, I've worked in those sort of places and it was one of those situations where I just thought they were relieved. Yeah. They'd rather have we walked away than made a complaint because they were having a rough night. <laughs> you know, we all have rough nights.
0: That's the problem. I don't feel empowered by walking away in that situation because I think you're playing into their hands. Like if they're really busy... The the thing they actually want is for people to start walking away. So if anything, you should sit there for even longer as a punishment.
4: It's like I've had you know a shit gig, and if people get really angry with me, I just go, well, it's a hazard of the trade, and that's why I'm I'm in, I'm so amazed at people that start stand up when they're older, because you've mm. got to be like. Like, for me, if I wasn't so young and everything being so chaotic anyway, but then maybe that would be different. Now I'd be like, excuse me, this is the third Someone emailed me, and I didn't reply to their email, and then they emailed me the next day and said, it's very bad form of someone of your stature. What? To To not contact someone of my stature. Stature. Because what she was saying was like, I'm bigger than you, and I've emailed you. And it's so rude that you haven't emailed me back. Isn't that? W- imagine that's being madness. like that. This, so I didn't do what she wanted me to do, and she's yeah. and then she wrote, "That's very disappointing." It, isn't that? Aren't people funny? Awful. Awful, aren't people? <laughs> are awful?
0: Are people awful, yeah. That's what you meant. <laughs> Dreadful people. Well, here at the Dream Restaurant. You don't need to worry about that sort of thing. Oh, no. good. You're the top stature. Absolutely. There's no one above you saying you should answer emails. You're the person everyone's answering the emails for. Yes. That
4: feels nice. I feel like I'm in a warm bath in a, in a restaurant.
0: You can be. I mean, that's all part. If you want to be in a bath in the restaurant and have one of those tables across the bath, we can bring all the food and pop it down there.
4: Oh, how wonderful. And would you be able to provide some sort of constant heater so it doesn't go
0: cold? Absolutely.
3: Look, you can have that, Shappy. but uh, Ed is deliberately trolling the listeners there because he recently <laughs> promised to take a photo of himself in that situation with the bath, with the table over it, <laughs> eating a dom sandwich. Yeah. Um, promised he would do it. And, Video, uh, actually, said. is yet to do it. Yeah. So, bringing up that bath situation, he knows that he's shaking the cage of the listeners. I'm not condoning that. What an awful man.
2: Oh,
4: you know what? You've put me off my bath, Because <laughs> I'm now just imagining a bath with all bits of poppadom in it. Yeah. That's yeah. not going to make me feel clean.
0: I've just been in there. There's there's shards of poppadom in there bobbing around. Sorry. <laughs> shards of poppadom. Have you filmed it? I don't like baths. I'm sorry. I don't like baths. So, I'm not going to... Well, then you shouldn't have promised on the podcast... I, I don't... I don't like baths and, you know, I don't really like poppadoms as much as bread. I'd rather have a bit of bread in the shower. Can can we do that instead?
3: No one made you promise to the audience that you would sit in a bath and eat a poppadom. You did that by yourself. Yeah. I even tried to warn you against it on the episode and you doubled down. So don't start saying now that you don't like baths.
4: What if, like, you drop your bread in the bath and it goes soggy just the way ducks like it? And then mm. ducks fly into your bath in your restaurant. That would ruin everything.
0: It uh, depends what's on the menu.
4: You haven't thought this through. How do you relax then if you don't like baths?
0: Baths make put me on edge.
4: Oh, interesting. I can
0: stand in the shower for, you know, up to half an hour, have a little think. Mm. Much yeah. prefer that. Not a bath, horrible. You can see everything.
4: Oh, but that's lovely. I don't want to
0: look at it. I don't want to look at this. You can see everything in the shower as well, Ed. I mean, yeah, but I can just look ahead in the shower, can't I? <laughs> I don't know how you're showering. I can look right ahead or look up. Just look away. Do that in like the
3: bath as well. You can look at the ceiling if you want. No, it's right
0: there, James. It's right there. <laughs> it's, it's always
3: right there. It's, your body is always in the same place. Oh, Shabby, no. back me up on this. You have... <laughs> Still a little sparkling water. And if you want it in your bath or if you, or if you want to drink it.
4: No, no, I'd like to drink <laughs> it. I'll, I'll drink the sparkling water. Do you know what I, I remembered when I was preparing myself emotionally and mentally for speaking with you today... I was thinking about
1: food throughout
4: throughout my life (laughs) and um, I get really serious. Stop me (laughs) if I'm getting serious. In the olden days when, like, plane travel was very different, And and very, quite a bit special. Aeroplane food was different. So it wasn't cooked like it is now. It was little compartments in this big box. and, And then it would have everything just cute and wrapped up. A little cube of cheese and a little slice of sandwich and a little like this. And my brother and I thought this was adorable. We were like in primary school. And so my dad, on a flight back from somewhere for work, he didn't eat his meal, but he kept it. And the air uh, steward said, did you not enjoy the meal? He said, yes. And my dad, right, I can't explain just how foreign my dad is. (laughs) Like Iranian people find him very foreign. He's Iranian. He's the most...
0: Thanks for clarifying he's Iranian, because otherwise if people didn't know that, that would be a really weird (laughs) thing to say.
4: (laughs) He's he's Swiss and Iranian people. It's a peculiarity of Iranians that they always assume Swiss people and Nigerians. So (laughs) he said to them, no, my children like the food. And what he meant was my children get a bit of a kick out of aeroplane food. So I'm going to take this home because we were like, you know, five and six. And the air steward thought that he needed food to feed his kids. So... As he left the plane, they came and found him with a little bag and they put five more boxes and pressed them into his hand and said, for your children. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> it came out. Bit of a result for you and your brother, though. You must have been so happy with that.
4: Well, it was weird, though, that aeroplane food. It's like it only tastes good on the aeroplane. When he brought it home, it was like this weird, stale, mushy nonsense that we didn't really enjoy. But they didn't spoil my childhood that (laughs) particular particular afternoon but it it taught me a lesson that some things you have to have in situ
3: yeah fair enough so you want sparkling water is that right
4: yes please
3: (laughs) are you drinking sparkling water right now shabby
4: i am i'm drinking san pellegrino which is my sparkling water of choice
0: how much sparkling water do you drink because you're swigging out the bottle there this seems like a regular occurrence you're drinking a bottle every day
4: i drink a bottle every day because everyone else in lockdown has been drinking alcohol and i i don't i can't really because i live alone with my kids it's just a bit weird to suddenly hit the bottle and i find sparkling water it's like alcohol. It's just, it's got a bit of a kick to it, hasn't it? Do I sound really desperate for boobs?
0: well yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, just because it's like alcohol because it's got a bit of a kick. I couldn't think of anything less similar to alcohol, really. Yes.
4: Yeah, well, it just, it, and especially San Pellegrino, because it's just so fizzy, this brand of Alcohol I'm drinking
3: <laughs> I mean you have got on the mounted on the wall there some sort uh, a, a, a mini bar of sorts
4: I've got a bar I've got one of those um, 1950s bars in my front room. It's a little present I bought for myself when I got back from home, I'm a celebrity and um, it's very special to me. This bar, and I don't really, I don't sort of sit at home and go, Oh, I'll go to my bar and pour myself a drink like they do in black and white films. They just casually pour themselves a scotch. Yeah. That would ruin me. Ruin me. Imagine that in the middle of the afternoon.
3: (laughs) Imagine, but instead you have a San Pellegrino and you go, Woohoo,
4: I'm hammered.
0: (laughs) You should really, because you've got the full optics up there. So, like the upside down bottles with the. With the things, you should replace yes. all of those bottles with San Pellegrino. And
4: then no one ever would ever come to my party.
0: <laughs> <It's quite laughs> Poppadoms or bread?
1: Bah!
4: Bread, bread, always bread. What are you thinking of? It's that's like saying a toad or a kitten. It's they're <laughs> two very different things. Very different things. A poppadom is a large crisp, and a, a bread is is the the food of the gods. No disrespect to poppadoms.
0: No disrespect to poppadoms, but they're the food equivalent of a toad.
4: I love toads.
0: Okay, well, let me ask you this. Toad or kitten?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Good question, actually. Oh, no. Now I feel, do you know what? Now I feel like I'm going to be cancelled because I um, likened a -a poppadom to a toad. I love poppadoms. I would like to say that. Um, Kitten, I think. I would prefer to have a pet kitten than a pet toad. In fact, I do have two pet cats, so I don't have two large toads. Bopping about my house.
3: You said you like a bath. Kittens can't get in the bath with you.
4: They can't. Do you know what? I've changed my mind. I'd like a big toad, please. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> with a with a between its toes. It can't because it's webbed.
1: Yeah.
4: A poppadom yeah. in its mouth with a fly on it. That's my ideal meal. <laughs>
0: We're done. If you're in the bath, the um you could put a poppadom in and the toad could sit on it like a big lily pad. Yep.
4: Oh, that's a beautiful idea because that 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 would last for exactly three seconds before it sank, which is my attention span. so but may I ask you, is it okay if this is lunch rather than dinner? Yes, yeah. Because dinner frustrates me I love lunch and I love breakfast but dinner I just want to be running around I find um, d- dinners all oh, come to my birthday dinner I feel I feel shackled mm. by a dinner because you can't choose the time often it's at eight I don't eat that late and I have to say like, can I come earlier And he's at six, please? <laughs> I find it very stressful going for dinners, uh, especially if there's loads of people. I just think, what's the point? We could have all had a sandwich before we came and then just stood around and chatted. Mm-hmm.
3: So you don't like dinners because you going to be bouncing around doing stuff in the evening whereas lunch you like to sit down and take your time and have a nice lunch.
4: Yeah and I, th- and I think lunch is it's, it's it's more socially acceptable to get up from a lunch table and have a wander around but <laughs> okay. dinners are sent, just tend to be a bit more heavy. Boy. Unless it's like a dinner party at somebody's house and it's around a table and it's small I can mm. handle up to sort of six people but I went to a dinner in a pub when I was 17. It was my friend sister's 21st birthday I knew I was no good at dinners it was strangers because I'm shy as well and I went and I'm 17 everyone there is like university students it's horrible and I couldn't talk to anyone and then suddenly people were looking at me and I didn't really understand why and I couldn't say anything because my throat had seized up and my jaw had seized up in a sob of anxiety and i realized i had tears running down my face so i basically just sat at this dinner at 17 and was crying
0: do you feel like that was because it was a dinner do you think it wouldn't have happened if it was lunch
4: if it was a buffet it would have been all right
0: there's always something to talk to someone about at a buffet if you're up at the buffet yeah. with someone, you can be like, "Oh, this is a nice spread, isn't it? Or, oh yeah. what, what are you Absolutely. going for? You, you're on your second trip, are you? That sort of thing.
4: Where, where yeah. should I put my stick? You buffet know, the chat. whole sort of... Buffet that chat. stick conversation. Buffet chat, that's all good. And, and do you know, even telling you that story, I had anxiety. And, you know, the other reason, I've been to one hen night in my entire life. I was 21. I, okay, this is how old I am. There were no mobile phones and there was a restaurant where you had a telephone on each table... My my children tell me off for saying telephone. It's like saying wireless, apparently, instead of the radio. There's a telephone on each table, and each table has a number, and you can phone a table. You can go, hi, this is table number 14, and you phone a bunch of people, and you have a chat, and it's a flirty thing. Every single girl at that hen night Got a phone call from a boy at another table, except for me. I became the receptionist. I just went, oh, "I'll be the receptionist," and I said, "Oh, hello, this table," and I said, "It's for you." And no one. So I just find dinners with people I don't know so stressful. Because, so can I have my meal in the Dream Restaurant just utterly alone?
3: Absolutely, you can be utterly alone. Um, I have some more questions yes. about this telephone uh, restaurant situation yeah. that I've never heard of before. Yeah. <laughs> um, when there's a phone on every table and people are allowed to read their tables, and you were the only person who didn't get a phone. Call? does that mean that when the guys rang the table they were like hello can I speak to the lady in the yellow dress please hello can I speak to the lady with the brown hair and they were specifically asking for for individuals
4: yeah no said can i speak to the podgy frizzy haired woman that's crying (laughs) oh it's very stressful i didn't realize how stressed i'd get talking about my past restaurant traumas now i'm really worried that anyone listening will go well i'm never inviting her to a dinner i do like to be a guest it just has to be small and with people who are friendly And fancy me.
0: (laughs) And everyone else in the restaurant has to fancy you and they have to call you to tell you.
4: Oh, my God, do you know what happened to me once? I won't tell you his name because you'll know him.
0: Well, then I'd like to
3: know his name, please. (laughs) I'll
4: tell you later. This comedian took me out to dinner once on a date and he took me to this really lush, fancy French restaurant on the King's Road. And I went to the loo and when i came back from the loo the waiter came over with a glass of champagne and the waiter said uh, this has been sent to you by a secret admirer right any normal human being would guess that my date had arranged this while i was in the loo i thought oh dear another man in the restaurant
1: with <laughs> champagne
4: <laughs> so i've got to make sure i don't make my date feel bad. So I just enjoyed the champagne. And I said, oh, you know, that's sweet, isn't it? That's something. it's probably a perv. And then on the way out, he goes, Sharpie, you do realise that that was me that sent you the champagne? And I felt so stupid.
0: I think that's a weird thing to do, though. Do you think that's a, yes. that feels like a move they've done on other dates for a start?
4: Yeah. He was quite a bit older than me. He knew what he was doing.
0: Okay. Now we're narrowing it down. What do you want
3: as your starter, your dream starter for lunch?
4: Okay, my dream starter is something that um, I haven't had enough in my life, but it has to be made in a particular way. It's um, jumbo king prawns barbecued by a real Australian.
0: No fake Australians?
4: No. I used to have these Australian neighbours, and they were always barbecuing even in the winter. And they would hand me plates over the wall. And I just was so full of admiration for the way they do food. And I just think Australians just don't muck about with food. They appreciate it. They feed you. They're they're almost Eastern in the way they need to feed you. And they need to feed their guests. And I haven't eaten enough barbecued shrimp in my life. And I would like lots of garlic. Them somehow as well.
3: So when you said by a real Australian, Mm -hmm. what's the criteria there?
4: They've got to be really smiley. They've got to look good in and out of clothes because that's how I imagine all Australians are. They just Mm -hmm. look in good in and out of clothes, as we all do, uh, in our own special ways. Ed, and I would like them to have. Oh God, who am I kidding? It's a bloke. Okay, if it's a bloke, (laughs) he's got to have sandy blonde hair just past his ears and if it's a girl she's got to have a really luscious bouncy brown ponytail a really good thick ponytail no makeup really really healthy looking people they are
0: is this what your neighbors look like are you just describing your neighbors yes
4: they this is what they look like and
0: when you say they look good in and out of clothes was that you looking through their window or Mm.
4: (laughs) Just well I went to the Gold Coast, and everyone walked around naked practically, and they all looked amazing, and they all had like a whole arm tattoo. So maybe that as well. A sleeve, I believe they're just called a sleeve. I'd yeah. like them to have a tattoo sleeve, please.
0: I mean, let's let's drill down into specifics. What are the tattoos of?
4: Just happy things,
0: like shrimp, like Jumbo shrimp,
4: shrimp, Barbie, <laughs> yeah, Kylie. Uh, maybe like a, a tattoo of mags from neighbours. I'm just making everyone who's Australian hate me right now. Um, but but they have no hate in their hearts. That's the thing about Australians. They yeah. they have no hate. And nothing makes me sadder in Britain when it's a really really rainy day and you see a wet Australian. I I, I just think, oh, you poor little sweetheart. You've been you're out of your natural. Habitat. Yeah. So I think it's our, our duty to dry them off.
0: I saw a duck in a road once like, and there was it was nowhere near any pond and the duck was like clearly baffled. Is that is that the sort of same vibe as a, as a wet Australian? The opposite. That's
4: exactly yeah. the same vibe. I saw a duck like that and I called the RSPCA who didn't want to know so I put it in my coat. And went to a, a one of the big fancy royal parks and released it to the pond, and it's shat all over my coat, and I have to throw the coat away. Um, I wouldn't do that to an Australian. I trust them not to shit in my coat. You wouldn't
0: put an Australian in your coat and like take them to the airport or something.
4: Not without yeah. their consent. Yeah. <laughs> Deport a yeah. West,
0: West Australian. <laughs>
4: I don't have the power to deport Australians, but, no, I'd certainly dry them off, definitely. Can you tell I miss going to Australia to the festival? You definitely
0: miss Australians. Bit. This is the first time, I really I miss think, Australia in off-menu history where someone has mentioned the food briefly at the beginning and then given a very detailed description on who's cooking it.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's got to be someone that loves you a little bit, that cooks for
2: you.
3: So of all the Australians in the world, what Australian do you think loves you the most?
4: Um... Probably Judy, who used to be my son's nanny. I think Judy loves me because she uh-huh. stayed in touch. I think Tim Minchin's fond of me uh-huh. because he will cross a room to say hello even now that he's a megastar. But I don't think he loves me. I think that if I died, he'd write an emotional tweet. Yeah.
0: But not a song. Not a no. song. No. Nap.
3: So your your son's old nanny is cooking these shrimp or Tim Minchin is?
4: I think my nanny should cook the shrimp because the last time I had shrimp was with her in Australia. That
3: wasn't when I was in Melbourne with at the same time as you, was it all?
4: No, the 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 time you were in Melbourne with me, I think that was 2014. Different nanny. Yeah, but I have got photos of you um, cradling my children, which is adorable. Yeah. And I've got to tell you this, you two, and, I, and I'm sure you'll get a lot of parents telling you this because you are the <laughs> comedy rock stars of this generation. Correct. My son is like, he's 13, and uh, I was emailing someone whose surname was Gamble and he looked over my shoulder and he goes, oh, is that a relation of Ed Gamble? I was like, how do you know Ed Gamble? And he went, well, he does a podcast with James A. I was like, oh my God, they offer menu podcast. And he was like, yeah, like why are you even mentioning that to me? Because like I'm so cool. I don't want my mother to be in my sphere. And I went, I'm on that podcast, thank you very much, on Tuesday, and I tell you, he's lost respect for you both.
0: <laughs> oh, that could have gone either way, couldn't it? Oh, but it, it was never going to be that it, it, you you gained any of his respect.
4: Oh, God, no, he's 13, <laughs> absolutely not. He's never going to watch or listen to anything you two have ever oh,
0: done no. Oh,
3: oh, no, we used to be rock stars, man. We didn't really delve into the jumbo shrimp, but,
0: like, it doesn't matter. I, I wanted to ask how jumbo are we? talking how big
4: biggest shrimps you can find yeah i want them to have eyelashes
1: <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door
3: So your main course? Yeah, but it's, uh...
4: oh, I've struggled with this, I'll be honest with you. I have struggled with my main course because I'm so into starters um, that the main course is always a little bit of a disappointment. May I please have something really fiddly? Because I don't like to trough when I'm eating in company. I like to have picky food. So maybe a giant pot of mussels with some really skinny chips.
3: Mm-hmm. I will say the skinny chips is what excites me there because with a pot of mussels, as nice as mussels are, they're fiddly and whatever, but the chips, skinny chips with the mussels, are what tips it over the edge so good. Yeah.
1: yeah Either really just good.
3: like eating them as they are, the chips, or dipping them in the sauce. That might be my favorite way to have skinny fries is uh, with a pot of mussels.
4: And could I know we haven't got to drinks, but can it count as a food because it's liquid bread? Can I have a cold lager with that?
0: Yeah, I re- look I reckon so seeing as you've you've put in the argument of it counting as food because it's liquid bread.
4: Yeah. So I won't have bread with my mussels, but yeah. I'll have a beer instead of bread. Because Thank it's
0: you. like a bread smoothie essentially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Going yeah. off menu. See?
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's the first time someone said it. Finally.
3: <laughs> How many episodes? No one's done that.
0: I've not had muscles in ages. I'd never really choose them apart from in Edinburgh. There's a restaurant at the bottom of Victoria Street called, yes. I think it's just called Mussels and Steak Restaurant. Can't remember what it's called. But it was the place when I did Edinburgh as a student when my parents came to visit to watch the show. And obviously you're like, well, I've got no money to go to a nice restaurant. This is where you've got to take me here. And it would always be a bucket of mussels and some skinny fries. And that, oh mm. God, they tasted so good.
4: Heaven, really nice. Nice to share. So now I'm thinking maybe I should have had a companion, but...
3: But that'll start to stress you out.
4: It, can it be someone I just have a laugh with? Someone I know really well? Who? I have a friend called Andy who always has interesting, funny things to say. So... Andy. probably him yeah because we both love food and he's got really brilliant knowledge of books and films and music and he mm. always entertains me with his chat
0: in the muscles what's going on there is it like white wine garlic
1: garlic is there... just garlic just garlic just
4: feed- Feed me garlic. <laughs> yeah. I went to a restaurant in San Francisco once. Apparently it was a part owned by Madonna. I can't remember. It was called, I don't even know if it's still there, called the Stinky Rose. And the idea is to have something with your garlic. Mm. And you sit down at this restaurant and they give you a bowl of mashed garlic that you just spoon into your gob. But well, oh, I think yeah. you're supposed to get a bit of bread. I wish I was made of garlic. I love garlic so much.
0: <laughs> Hang on, that's, that's an interesting thing. Let's dig down into that. You love <laughs> garlic so much you wish you were made of garlic.
4: I'd bite mm. myself, yeah.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How quickly do you think you'd last if you were made of garlic?
4: I'd have no hands in three seconds.
0: You'd go for your hands first.
4: Hands first. Terrible, isn't it? Because i have used my hand to pull my cheeks off. I think yeah. my cheeks would make good garlic because they're quite, you know, quite squashy and, and, and baked, you know, nice, not not hard garlic. It's got to be either pickled for at yeah. least like three years or it's got to be roasted, mush, mush, mm. mush. Yeah. Oh, sometimes I just get a clove of garlic and I um, roast it as a snack. I wonder why I don't have a partner. I stink. <laughs> I really stink.
3: Moving on to your side dish. Is yeah. that your side? Is oh. it all the garlic from the stinky rose?
4: Garlic mush please, served by Madonna. Thank you.
3: Madonna's there now. Yeah. So we've got Madonna, your Australian friend.
4: Yeah.
0: There's a telephone on the table as well.
4: Telephone on the table.
3: Oh,
0: there's Constantly a call there's a call calling. coming there's a call coming through. It's from some gentlemen at another table. They want to speak to the lady who stinks.
4: <gasps> oh my god, that's me. <laughs> All this trauma undone. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Ed. I needed that.
3: You were quite excited there because I could see in your eyes you were like, oh, it's going to be for Madonna. And then,
4: <laughs> when Ed said
3: the lady stinks, you were like,
4: oh, what? Because Madonna doesn't – I've met Madonna. She's fragrant. She smells nice.
3: Have you met Madonna?
4: When I say I met her, I was in the toilets with her at the Comedy Awards once, just next to her at the sink putting on lipstick.
0: Did you say anything to Madonna at the sink?
4: I smiled. And then Britt Eklund dropped her sunglasses and it was a very packed toilet and then someone else like accidentally kicked them and I scrambled around the toilet floor getting Britt Eklund's um, sunglasses and she got them she put them back on her face and she goes, Thank you. And left. So I spoke to Britt Eklund. We yeah. got deep.
3: Which year was this?
4: It would have been about 2011-ish or 2012-ish. I was nominated for something. So mm-hmm. it would have been 2011 because that's when uh, I used to get nominated <laughs> to things. I'm a happier person now. I'm no longer scrabbling around on the floor picking up celebrities'
0: glasses. Now you're the person who's dropping your sunglasses on the floor. And saying,
4: oi, Madonna, get them for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Remember who won comedy awards that night?
4: It was Jo Brand won my category, as she should have done, frankly. Sarah Millican, I was sat next to her, the three of us were nominated, and she doesn't drink. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I did little else but drink. And so I just remember it was one of those sort of things where I thought, oh, God, poor woman. She's just sat next to this lush. And I was just, like, drinking this champagne. I was going on about the champagne. I was, like, pointing something out to her about it. And Goldie Horn was on stage. And she said, how can you be looking at that and not what's going on on stage? And I just thought, oh, God, she's so professional. She looks in the right direction. <laughs> and then on, on telly, they showed me necking champagne from the bottle. I was only mucking about. I was only being silly. Uh-huh. And I got loads of hate online saying that you think you're really cool necking champagne, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> really that was the trolling in those days in the old days trolling wasn't as uh, harsh it was like oh you thought you were big and clever drinking <laughs> from the bottle but I'm here to tell you you're not missy you're not do you know what this is, and again this is how old I've become when I see a younger comic be trolled because of something they've said on telly I get so upset because I I properly feel maternal whether they want me to or not
3: saying you feel maternal about young comics if you woke up tomorrow and your actual children were now comedians and two comedians were your children and they've swapped places so your children now have the career of two specific comics and those comics are now your kids what swap would you want to do
4: okay so i would like my son to have bill bailey's career and Bill Bailey be my boy.
3: <laughs> I didn't know. You were, I didn't think... When well, you were talking about for the maternal over comics, I didn't think you were going to choose someone older than you. We, that's so funny. Bill Bailey's your little boy. Okay, that's great. <laughs> that's brilliant. And I'm imagining him the size of a child, but still looking
0: yeah. exactly the same. Definitely, and, and wearing dungarees. Yeah.
4: Okay, and I think that's because I've met Bill Bailey. He's extraordinarily nice.
0: Now, when you say you've met him, do you mean... Oh. <laughs> stood next to him at a sink
4: and um i've met his wife and she's incredibly lovely and i and i would like my child to do as well in their life partner
0: just to let you know obviously you've met his wife and she was lovely but you are essentially breaking up their relationship with this choice because now um
4: he's my child
0: now he's your child yeah
4: can she also be my child
0: no your son's going to be married to bill bailey's wife
4: oh (laughs) that's bizarre and my daughter I think she would really enjoy Graham Norton's career. Wouldn't we all? But yeah, but <laughs> I think it's a specific thing with Vivi is that she, if she met you two, she would find out everything about your lives, from who you were dating, if you were married, what your favourite colour was, uh, what your favourite food was, and she wouldn't just ask you for the sake of it. It would matter to her. And, and Graham does that thing as well where he does that uh, agony aunt thing on his radio show. People ring up with problems and, and he sort of does the Agony Aunt bit, and I think she would absolutely love that. Her, her greatest thing in life would be to talk to as many people as possible intimately and have a giggle. So if I could have Graham Norton as my child, please, and give his career to my daughter, thank you. I'm, I'm now raising Bill Bailey and Graham Norton. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Perfect. We should move on to your favourite drink.
4: Can I have one alcoholic, one non-alcoholic? Yeah. Espresso martini, please. Thank you. Um, I love espresso martinis with all my heart. (laughs) Whatever's going on in my life that's making me feel sad, I think one day I will be standing at a bar with friendly people holding espresso martini that makes me so happy not really really sad i just mean minor sad like yes. we re- repotted my plant yesterday and the mud went everywhere because the dogs came in that kind that sort of sad
0: so how quickly yes. from something like that mm. happening so the dogs came in got mud everywhere how quickly are you going Espresso martini, everything's going to be fine. Immediately,
4: yeah. immediately. As, as I'm cleaning up <laughs> yeah. and cursing the day i got two massive dogs, I want an espresso yeah. martini. And it's hard in lockdown because I can't really buy an espresso martini. I have to go to the supermarket and get one in a can and pour it into the glass from a height so it
0: frosts. Make your own.
4: That, that's what my, my son said to me. He said, you can make your own. And, and he's promised to make me one.
3: Which son? Bill Bailey or Graham <laughs>
4: Bill Bailey.
3: <laughs> Why don't you just make your own espresso martini? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Who was
0: that an impression yeah. of, James? No one. Oh. <laughs> no one.
3: <laughs> I didn't even think. I'm not I'm not
0: confident enough. It looked like you were trying to do an impression of Graham Norton and backed out two seconds. Did in. it? Yeah. Why don't you just try and make your own espresso martini? <laughs> We've got an espresso martini, a proper one yes, from a bar, not just you pouring a can in from a height.
4: The other drink I would like is something called Doogh, D-O-O-G-H. It's the Iranian Q sound, Doogh. And I'm going to choose this because oh God, I feel like I'm on Desert Island Discs. Just, just to, to let
0: brilliant. you know, the face James just made, um, he's now uh, obviously thinking about when he has to read the order back at the end. Um, yeah. and <laughs> What an absolute disaster he's going to make of that. That's exactly what I'm thinking about.
4: (laughs) It's like dog, but duk, so not like dog. (laughs) Duk. I thought your face... James was that face sometimes people put on when they go, Oh, she's talking about her culture
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel
4: I really feel for sort of, you know, um I, I hate say white people, but I've just said it. Where, where like white people pull that have to oh right, she's the cultural thing. Yep, yep, this Very is my interesting. Intra- a lovely yeah. interesting intro. Because if you don't look interested, then you fear that you look racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fear not. So what I enjoy about Dur is that you only like it if you have been raised with it. It's, a, it's not even an acquired taste. You have to have been fed it as a child. The most foodie, open-minded people hate it. It looks like a lassi, like, you know, like the Indian lassi, but nothing like it. It's mm-hmm. salty. And it's fermented yogurt, so it's gassy,
1: mm-hmm.
4: with a bit of mint and like a valley of salt. And anyone that hasn't been raised with it, that drinks it, or always goes, whoa, it's like it's like seawater," but it is the most delicious thing, the most refreshing thing. And um, so, I would like to have a nice glass of douk with my meal because I feel that I've added nothing of my um, Iranian heritage to this sumptuous meal, and mm-hmm. I ought to.
3: So, how how am I pronouncing this? <laughs>
0: It's his only question.
4: Okay. Can you make this sound? It's a gentle sound at the back of your throat. Q. Q. Duk. Duk. That's it. Duk. That's it. Duk. 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 Duk.
0: I'm pretty sure James is just saying duck in a Geordie accent at this point. Well, that's a step forward. I've never been able to do a Geordi accent before, so this is helping me.
4: James, can you also, yeah. this is like, because my proper name is Khorsandi, can you do a very gentle kh sound? Kh. Say duk micham.
3: Duk duk duq,
4: Micham. Duk Micham. There. I, I want some duk. Say Lotfan is well, otherwise you sound rude. Lotfan. Lotfan? Lot fan. Duk micham. Duk Oh my god, you sound just like my dad. That's amazing.
0: James trying to do accent is the most vulnerable you'll ever see him. Yep. Especially in this situation where he doesn't want to upset anyone, he doesn't want to offend anyone. <laughs> and he's just so quietly quite not leaning into it just i'm so sorry it's so apologetic so vulnerable (laughs) it's really sweet
4: it's adorable
3: you were really enjoying it ed i can see you on the screen really laughing into your (laughs) hand
0: because you always extend an arm as well i wish people could see that Uh, you always extend extend an an arm arm like you're doing shakespeare (laughs) because you're offering out you're offering shappy you're just like please (laughs) please (laughs) shappy
3: (laughs) <laughs> well it's like I'm trying to pick something up from the air like a yeah. radio look at it, like an aerial, like it, maybe the language would just like yeah. you know, go into
1: my fingertips. Do you
4: know what, James? You're you're one of those ultra, ultra nice people that's so wanting not to offend anyone. That if, if I made you an Iranian meal, as I have done many times for my um non-Iranian friends, of say... Khoresh Oh, there's another mm-hmm. khat and Khoresh Qaymeh. And has got um, dried, you put about six or seven dried limes in it mm-hmm. for the flavour. It's amazing. No human being eats the dried limes, but you would be the guy sort of quietly trying to dig your fork yeah. <laughs> your knife into something as tough as a a rhino's hide because you're too bashful to say am i meant to eat this or do i leave it on the side you leave it on the side james never eat dried lime
3: i would eat it i would eat the dried lime and say thank you and ask for seconds could i have some more dried lime please thank you my arm out
4: you'd be chewing it for three days (laughs) what's james doing haven't heard from him for a while he's chewing dried lime
3: We now get to the dessert, my favourite course of them all. But you said that starters were your favourite, which has made me a little bit
0: trepidatious right now. I've got some trepidation. But you must be ready for some. Are you ready for something sweet now? Because you've just had something very salty, right?
4: Yeah, and very garlicky. Yeah. So here's what I would like for my pudding, and it's got to be exactly what I'm describing, please. I would like chocolate sponge and chocolate sauce pudding from 1980s school dinners served by a proper oh. 1980s dinner lady.
0: Here we Please. go. Strap in. Classic chappy. She's about to describe exactly who's serving it to her.
4: Yes. So she's very kind. Her name is Edie.
0: She's got a sleeve tattoo of a ladle.
4: She's got all her her kids and her grandkids have been to Montpelier School, school I went to, and she's got a, a massive dish. Uh, of the chocolate sauce, and she always gives me, she always gives me an extra helping with a little bit of a wink because she says, because I bet you don't have food like this at home, do you? (laughs) She was adorable. Edie isn't her real name.
0: Great. You've invited a racist to your meal.
4: No, it's not racist. (laughs) It's not racist. It's adorable. It's the 1980s she yeah bless her she'd always say that I bet because the thing is Iranian food isn't spicy spicy it's not hot it's more like Greek or Turkish food and so she'd always give me a little extra helping and she was right we never had like puddings at home we had like Iranian sweets but we, or chocolate we didn't have puddings and that chocolate sponge and chocolate sauce as a child was the entire point of school for me
0: so it's like the yeah, like school dinner chocolate cake. My memory of it, the sponge, is by itself, it's just so dry, you could ne- you couldn't eat that by itself at all. So you've just got to cover it in that custard and then
4: Smother it's mother it, yeah. And then it's so nice. nice. And now you see, I find it's um I live a lot of my life through my daughter. So my daughter, Vivi, is like a version of me but so much better.
0: Well, she's got got her own chat show. Yeah,
4: She's got her own chat show. And also she's really open about her love of chocolate sponge and chocolate sauce. Like She will only have school dinners. She asked to see, this is what it's like at schools now. The kids asked to see the menu because they have the same menu. And she goes, okay, I'm going to have school dinners on this day and this day. The rest of the time you make me pack lunch because this day I've got chocolate sauce and chocolate sponge and this day I've got like whatever else I like. And also, you know what else my daughter did? So at school, my dream was to be Mary because that was the main part in the nativity play. And I was never Mary, I was a shepherd. Oh, and no. one year. Shepherd calls Shepherd calls. Oh, don't. No, this. this I, oh, shepherd
2: Sh- calls Sandy,
4: <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no! It's shipping called Sandy! <laughs> Do you not think that I went through all of this?
3: <laughs> Apologies. Apologies.
4: So, the teacher said, Mary was from the Middle East, right? And so we're going to have someone that looks Middle East and play Mary this year. And You know when you think it's your name? Mm. Uh, it's like, in the, have you seen Zoolander? Yeah. When he so thinks he's one that he they say his name and he doesn't even hear it. Yeah. It was like that. It was exact. I can't watch Zoolander again because of that. <laughs> they said, oh, it is... Natasha Behruzi And Natasha Behrouzi was only half Iranian okay. and I was a shepherd once again. But do you know who was Mary in my daughter's school nativity? My daughter.
1: Yes. I was the
4: only parent that stood up and applauded at the end, <laughs> just going "Eat shit, you bastards!" And yeah, it
1: was...
4: you can all eat
5: a bag of shit. <laughs> That's
1: my daughter.
4: I ruined it. I ruined the play for all the children. They were crying. The the donkey left. It was horrible. But my daughter was Mary, and that. To date, after 20 years of doing stand-up, was the greatest moment in my career, was when my daughter was married.
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, God, have I shared too much?
0: No, no perfect. I love the it. Perfect amount. Oh. I'm going to
3: read your menu back to you now, Shappy. See how you feel okay. about it. Okay. You would like sparked in water.
0: You're having bread for Poppadums or bread. We didn't even go into what, what bread that would be.
4: Oh, oh, oh just a really bog-standard baguette, please.
0: A bog-standard baguette.
3: I'll yeah. write that down. Starter, Jumbo King Prawns, barbecued by a real Australian, brackets, your nanny.
4: My, my old nanny, thank you. Your
3: yeah. old nanny. Main course, giant pot of mussels with skinny chips with a cold lager. Side dish, Mush garlic from the Stinky Rose, served by Madonna. Drink An espresso martini slash duke.
4: Perfect, you did it perfectly, yeah.
3: Dessert, chocolate sponge and chocolate sauce pudding from 1980s school dinners, served by Edie, the 1980s dinner lady.
4: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Now, for someone who said at the beginning you wanted to have this meal alone,
4: yeah,
0: yeah, loads of people turning up, aren't there? I hate
4: loads. being alone. It's really <laughs> rubbish. I, I I suffer in company sometimes, but I also really hate being alone. So yes, I have, haven't I? I've I've, I've got people in. But
0: they're making cameos in the meal, right? Mm-hmm. So you never feel like you're stuck in a situation. They're just they're in and out, bit of fun, and then they're gone again.
4: Yeah, but you know, also, I'm actually thinking. Oh God, I, I'm after the time I've spent with you guys doing this, I'm actually thinking I might quite like you guys to be my children. Is <laughs> it yeah. too late to change that?
0: No, no. Bill Bailey and Graham Norton. I'm sure they'll be very happy to go back to their careers. <laughs> Your children will be hosting this. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I th- I think that you're I think you're really nice, well-rounded people, yeah. and I think that my children would enjoy your lives.
0: Sure. Me and James would love to be brothers, actually. Yeah, we'd be
3: pretty good brothers. Well, thank you for coming into the night,
4: <laughs> Shappy. My pleasure. <laughs> thank
0: you so much, Shappy. There we have it, James. The off-menu menu of Chapparacor Sandy. Wow, what a menu. So many tales as well. It was a pleasure to
3: talk to Chaparral. What
0: an amazing episode of Off Menu. Another goal for the boys. James actually isn't here. Uh, He just records some lines that uh, we're playing in now, some sort of general uh, outro lines, and then I react to them. So uh, another goal for the boys. It's been a pleasure, Ed. What a great episode. Benito, you plonker. There we go. That's the classic that fits all episodes. Uh, Chaparack did not say Bergamot, thank the Lord, because we wanted to keep her there. Uh, and you know what? What a lovely old time. Go and see Chaparack on tour. It was the 90s is the name of her tour. Uh, it starts in October, so go and buy tickets for that. And her book, Kissing Emma, is published on the 2nd of September, James. Buy it now. Available in all
3: good bookstores. Just go to the internet and pick yourself up a coffee.
0: and cast and Press. I'm a little baby and I drink it from the breast. That's one of the ones we should have got James to re-record when he says go to the internet and pick yourself up a coffee. It's quite specific to uh, people releasing coffees. Uh, so thank you very much to Chapparac uh, for coming on the podcast. Uh, my tour is called Electric. It's on sale at gamble.co.uk. Starts in February. Go to it. Thank you. Thank you from me, Ed Gamble, and thank you from James A. Custer. AKA
3: Simple Square.
5: Hello, it's Harry Hill here, and I'm recording this trailer for my new podcast, Harry Hill's Noise. Basically, it's a half hour of ambient sound, and then at some point during the podcast, I make a noise. Now, when you're listening to it, you'll forget that I'm about to make a noise, and you'll get lulled into it, and then I'll make the noise, and it'll be really funny. I mean, it doesn't sound like a regular podcast, does it? But um, believe me, you're going to really love it. So why don't you subscribe uh, now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. It's called Harry Hill's Noise and it's coming soon.
2: Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont,
5: and guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you enjoy, Oh, well, um, there's another, there's a uh, another podcast just coming out. Oh no, the podcast is out now.
4: Yeah, if people have enjoyed Off Menu, will they enjoy Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains? I don't,
2: I don't know. There's, there's a bit of a crossover. We talk about um, maybe, you know, a couple of food uh, issues. We talk about cutlery, and that's near food. We reckon it's out now. Not soon. It's now.
4: Is it on all the platforms?
2: Oh, it absolutely is. If you like James and if you love Head, you might get a kick out of this. But, yeah, again, no pressure. But,
1: um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains.